0: This is the chop up, this is the chop up, this is the chop up and no one can do it live. My name is KMG, the coolest Allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toya G and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast but still gon' keep it G. We got together to get the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically, cause on the mic, on the phone, we we'll gonna have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media, and you can chop up any day, cause you can stream us in any place, and then I say I was G, the coolest, had to reel you in if you never knew us, straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers, and this is a recording where no one can do it live, this is the chop
1: What's up? What's up? This is the Chop Up. It's your boy Cam G, the coolest.
2: And you know who it is? It's your girl Toya G.
1: Hey, I'm glad to be back on here Absolutely. with my sister.
2: Absolutely. What's going on, G?
1: You know, we out here hanging. It's uh, we hanging right now. Shoot, that's that's all you can do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, we hanging. As, got out there? As
2: indi- hanging too. Look, as individuals, as a collective, as a, mm-hmm. a member of a whole bunch of different groups of people, we just out here hanging. Um, I've been on my move kind of doing a debate thing working at some camps and stuff like that I was down in uh, Texas shout out to UT honed it down down there for a minute at the and so um I'm back at it you know what I'm saying happy to be back behind the mic for a second before I move on yeah. to the next venture for sure
1: yeah we glad you can uh you can you can stop and breathe for a little bit.
2: Uh, it's it's necessary, especially. I just want to enjoy the sun. I can't wait to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna hit that up this weekend. It's hot in the food outside. I feel like it's hot everywhere. I don't care where you are in America, yeah. it's hot outside. So
1: sweating all day.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, all I'm day.
2: Trying to keep the hydration station popping. Um, right. trying to keep that melanin on, fleeky fleek. Yep, and got my rag. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Sam. you gotta keep one, keep that dome, keep that dome dry. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just all about enjoying the summer right now. You feel me? Mm -hmm. That's it. But, um, I want to jump into the business. Um, I don't want to spend too much time stewing because I think there's a lot of foot, um, as you already know. Um, and what we're going to get into on the social shop is a conversation about the just drama that we're in the never-ending yes. drama, the never-ending violence, and uh, we're not going to sit and pick through that too, too long because we want to talk specifically about some of the responses about it. But, you know, what's a lot going on right now, KG. What's, how you how you feeling about a lot of these murders at the hands of the police?
1: Uh, I'm not feeling good, feeling uneasy, and um, I, I was losing sleep, honestly. It, like, it just – a lot of that went down to my spirit, seeing those videos and – and, um, you know, kind of had to unplug a little bit. So uh, I think it's pretty good. We've got um, a, a break between our last episodes and been able to just kind of take everything in and, and uh, see, see what we got in front of us. And, yeah, it, it, it was – but the main thing, it was just uneasy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just – I remember specifically um, – and what's wild is I'll have to go back and listen to the episode myself, but I think our first – uh, episode was about social media suffocation and how wow. hard it is to like exist in this world where we're constantly being bombarded with videos and images and reminders that you know we don't really have a lot of worth in civil society as black people and I see that and painfully in, in painfully reminded of it when you say things like well I watch these videos or I watch because I didn't I haven't watched mm-hmm. them I, I refuse to watch them I'm afraid to watch them I did watch today the video and we'll talk about her uh, Brian King a second uh, grade teacher who was flung around like a ragdoll We have to tell a story about it, but like I, I can't, you know, and that's because in the, you know, there's always conversation. Is it higher? Is it more tendencies of this now happening where police brutality and brutality of white people toward black people? Are we seeing it more or is it uh, just happening more? And it's hard to say. It's hard to figure it out because, uh, what was the stat we we talked about? I I share with you, like, I think since July 5th, when Alton Sterling was killed, there have been 41 murders at the hands of police in two weeks. It's only July 21st. And so, um, you know, I think the conclusion of that statistic was that that is more than what some nations see in an entire year. Um, and that, (sighs) that says volumes to me, that speaks a lot about, uh, I think the fear that I'm happy um, is being provoked, and mm-hmm. white people. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sad that it has to culminate in them responding in a way that is like so violent that it's killing more and more people. But there's a piece of me and a part of that that is like, I'm happy you feel the fear that we fear. Feel, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying on a regular basis. I'm happy that you have to walk around with a chip on your shoulder and a burden, feeling like you know you have to stand up a little bit taller, a little bit higher, and be a little bit more prepared because that heightened sense of awareness is not anything new to black people. You know, know what I mean?
1: Doing that. We always know where the law is at. And so. Oh, they go to the law. <laughs> you know, that's just like everybody knows.
2: I was having a conversation. i tell you with a good friend of mine, um, uh, when I was down in Texas the other day, and we were talking, and literally talking about being him being aware of his he's white, uh, aware of his privilege, aware of his white identity, aware of his masculinity, and how all those things work together to put him in a position, mm-hmm. p- particular position in this world. And as we were having this literal conversation, right, I'm listening to him. We're going back and forth. He's jiving with me. He's pulling some information from me. we just really having a heart to heart and talking real to each other. A security officer, uh, kind of the, the police official at the at the place we were staying at, was walking toward us, and I was listening to him literally had to stop him I was like listen I don't want you to think I'm not listening I'm catching every single word you say but the double consciousness that I have to have as a black person is forcing me to tap into why the security officer is walking over here why he's walking that fast? Why he's coming this direction? What I could have possibly did? What did you do? Am I about to have to take the rap for something you did? These are all things that are processing in my mind while I'm having this conversation, right? So there's a, what is called, and I think Du Bois, uh, we can give credit to W. E. B. Du Bois for uh, culminating this idea of double consciousness, or the idea that black people or the black body is always positioned to both be hyper aware of the police, but also to be in the moment and to be a part of the social interactions that they have, because you never know when you're gonna have to shift and slide and move around and become a person in a different position or a different situation at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and that's not something that white people have to work walk around worrying around knowing about doing this for damn sure not something the police be having to do
1: or they do yeah. now I you mean, do now every every time it's like that you know that could be me you know that's that's what I was and that's what's so stirring about it yeah. like, you know that can could, that could really be me and I don't take yeah. any,
2: any solace in the fact that I'm a woman you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. I
1: feel it could be me you know yeah. uh Sandra
2: Bland uh Rakia Boyd, uh, who else? Ayanna, uh, uh, Breonna Br- King, who we'll talk about in just a moment. Like all of these mm-hmm. different, and I mean, it's these names. I'm not even coming up with. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's be real. It's, the the girlfriend who I'm ashamed for not knowing her name of uh, Philando Castillo. You know, was a black woman who was brutalized by the police because she had to watch her partner be murdered and sh- uh, shot and killed to death. So, mm-hmm. you know, just because you don't die on the scene, don't mean that nothing happened to you. Oof. So it's <sighs> wild, but <sighs> I. I so, okay, so let's let's frame the conversation.
1: Yes, it's maddening trying to, you know, wrapping your mind around. We have, why, these, why these things happen. It, so.
2: it is. We have Philando Castile of Minnesota, um, and Austin Sterling uh, from Baton Rouge, who kind of, mm. you know, were killed within a day or so of each other by at the hands of the police. Uh, you know, Philando was uh, in his community. I think he worked at a school, yeah, uh, yep. worked with children, kept them motivated. Was a pillar of it's his well community. Known well-known and respected and was killed by the police when he was trying to comply and show his license to legally carry his firearm. Um, you also have Arthur Sterling killed in Baton Rouge uh, for selling what CDs outside of a store, uh, had mm-hmm. the permission of the people in the community, had the permission of the people in that area. Um, so yeah, sure it was illegal, but you know, this is where we need community politics as opposed to police politics at play. Um mm-hmm. Somebody said he had a gun pointed at him. Who knows what that is? As far as I know, he could have been telling this person, look, you out over here doing some mess. You need to get up out of here. They get mad, call the police. The police come, assume he has a gun. Little to no time before he's under, you know, the hood of the car, under the car and being shot to death, mm-hmm. uh, from what I heard, because I haven't watched the video. Um, mm-hmm. But so the, these individuals have passed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we had, oh, yeah, not to not to mention uh, Alva Brazil. Uh, who was uh, killed in Houston in similar terms. You know what I'm saying? A black man in the street, shot and killed, gunned down, said that he was pointing a gun at the police, right? So Mm -hmm. we have these instances. Then, uh, not to mention those who didn't die, but here recently have been brutalized by the police. We have Charles Mm Kinsey,
0: who uh,
2: was in, what, North Miami? North uh, Miami. A therapist, a behavioral therapist, who was out dealing with an autistic patient, wandered out to the street, was uh, playing with a toy truck that was silver, uh, was out there trying to calm down that patient, bring him back in, is communicating with the police camera. Is right. in the street with his right. hands up. Uh, oh goodness. Is saying not only to the patient, hey, calm down, put the truck down. Hey, be still. Don't do that. Let's be calm. But is also telling the police, listen, this is who I am. This is my job. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm doing. I'm working with you. I'm here for you. Hands have not moved. And then he was shot, shot in the street. And then, Uh, the punchline, well, one of the punchlines, right? I thought the first punchline of this was when he asked the police officer why he was shot, what did he reply, Uh, KG? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know.
2: (laughs) The officer, when asked why in the world he shot a person who was doing above and beyond, doing the utterly correct thing to comply with the police, when he was shot, that man had the nerve to say, I don't know. I don't know.
1: You gotta be fucking kidding me! Exactly,
2: but then this now same this same man, it's this same unconscious. man,
1: unconscious. You just unconsciously shooting that black. This dude, same right?
2: dingbat that represents, uh, you know the the, uh, the the mattering of a blue life. The idea that he was really out there doing the right thing that we should honestly care for or care about, uh, being sympathetic to police mm. in moments like this, and that we should really take a step back and think about what we're doing. The same person who is supposed to invoke that feeling inside of us then came back in reports that came out today. And said, I figured out why I shot at you or why you got shot. And guess mm-hmm. what he said, Kim? Go ahead and tell the people what they said, KJ. Uh,
1: he missed. He, he missed. Sh- he missed. And was attempting so was to shoot the
2: autistic child
1: or the young uh, person in the street. Didn't say he shouldn't have shot at it, but said he missed.
2: He missed. And that he was attempting to shoot. And we've seen this time and time again, black and brown bodies in the street and e- dis- people with disabilities in general. Right. Being criminalized. Right. So it is against the law for you to have mm-hmm. some type of uh, mental disability or to be mentally incapacitated in some way. It's it's, it's it's criminal for you to do that and you can lose your mm-hmm. life. Right. You become a threat and you deserve to be shot down and taken down. So it's, it's, uh, either way you look at it, this is a troubling, troubling understanding of how policing is supposed to go down and it's being justified. Right. This man is on leave mm-hmm. right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: He's not been fired. They don't they haven't decided if there'll be criminal charges. There's an um,
1: investigation that needs to. There's an investigation happen.
2: going on, and and uh, and he's only. He'll probably still be mm-hmm. being paid for this time as well. Um, and then the last example, I want to pull from, and this is the last uh, kind of video and stuff that I saw as early as today is who I've already mentioned, who was Breon King, uh, a 26 year old uh, woman out of Austin, Texas, a second grade teacher who. Mm-hmm. Uh, was stopped, didn't know why she was stopped or pulled over, pulling to a parking lot, to a parking space. Um, I did watch some of this video and was shocked at what I saw. Uh, What happened? Thought she was speeding. Exits the vehicle to, first thing out of her mouth is, I'm sorry. Didn't know what happened. Didn't know what was going on while she was being stopped. The man says, get back Mm -hmm. in your car. She goes back to get back in the car. uh, Is instructed exactly once to put her feet inside of the vehicle so he can close the door. Um, Something delays that process. And before you look up, she's being yanked out of the car and being told that she's resisting arrest. And and when I say yanked, I mean pulled. And she seems like a small person. She doesn't seem like she's very heavy at all. Nah, Pulled nah, out and he... slammed into the SUV across the across the way. Yeah, slammed into the ground, slammed on the ground some more, and was yanking her around to the point where she couldn't comply. She's literally saying, "I'm trying to put my hands behind my back. I'm trying to get yeah. down on the ground. I'm trying to do this, that, and the other," and he's slamming her around like a rag doll.
1: Yeah, that that one was crazy. I had my stomach jumping watching that, and it's like, it's... why are these situations escalating so quickly? Like there is just it's like an immediate reaction now as you you arrive on the scene and then all hell breaks loose yeah
2: i mean things were calmer before you got here nine times out of yeah. ten and and that's why there are a serious conversation being had about abolishing the police and what that might mean and why it might necessarily you know if Need to be need to happen, right? It seems impossible, but there are discussions that are like, can we start to wrap our minds around the possibility that having the police around is not always already necessary? Because a lot of times the police come and they make situations worse.
1: That's always been my fear. Like, nope, not calling nine one one. They, somebody might die. Like or, that's like for real. Like you, know, you hear you hear these stories of of a suspicious of a suspicious person walking around and then. Next thing you know they wind up dead injured critically injured or severely injured. it happened in somewhere in the midwest with a, uh, a Indian man mm-hmm. he didn't speak the language they they paralyzed it yes man. yes they did
2: yes they did you know what I'm saying so remember.
1: like i i never have that that instinct to call because of a of a suspicious person like that just you you just see that so many times i got they got a call they got a call. I'm like yeah i mean and i'm so conflicted Did you see it too much you see it too much too
2: much and i'm so conflicted because i've had to i've you know been sitting outside of my neighborhood chilling and posting and my house got shot at for no apparent reason me and my nephew almost mm. got our heads blown off outside chilling and i had to call nine one one. And 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 so like it's weird like people get raped like sexual violence is a thing like like, just gratuitous violence is a thing. Not only against black people, but mm-hmm. against people. Like, there are crimes out there. There are people who don't need to just be walking around. And so, I am reluctant to go as far as saying, like, the police are never, ever, ever necessary. Because I deal in a world of realities, right? Like, I, I want to live in a world where we abolish prisons and we abolish the police. But I've seen a lot of interesting articles um, mm-hmm. that are talk about and discuss, like, alternatives to calling the police or how to use the police as a last resort, and ways yeah. to, you know, think about and think through scenarios and situations, or how to mediate different levels of issues, so that if the police don't have to be caught into it, you know, then then they're not, and and those are the types, that's the type of information that I feel like the public needs more of, and communities need more of, like, how to use the police as a last resort. I think mm-hmm. if you use the police as a last resort, they, A, stop popping up and down uh chargers and souped up suvs and it's looking like you know what i'm saying all these muscle cars and yeah. stuff like that we stopped taking money and allocating it to get for them to get uh priorly used military equipment and stuff like that they stopped being able to inherit a lot of this stuff because we stopped needing them we stopped needing them which means they stopped getting funded they stopped getting funded which means that the money goes other places in our communities you know what i'm saying and so the police stopped being such an imposing threat hopefully in an ideal world, because we stop being so reliant on them, their services are no longer necessary, right? Give us some souped-up uh, fire, was, fire. Give me a fire helicopter. Regardless, huh?
1: They were they were gonna fund they were fund the nose regardless. I mean
2: they are, but they i been
1: mean, waiting on those for years for to. To get that military stock in these police departments, of
2: course. And all you need is enough outcry and enough of a concentrated issue in this community or in this country that would say we need to have these things in all different types of communities. And now you have an upramp of the militarization of the police. Like, mm. but it's the perfect storm for. It. And 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 what should happen in the way we take away the the perfect atmosphere uh, for increasing these types of weapons or whatever is for us to stop relying on the police so much in terms of how we handle issues in our communities, how we deal with each other in our communities to some level. And I wish I would. I don't even want to get into the argument and the debate on black on black crime because I'm not finna go there. Mm. Um, but what I will say is that having more supportive communities and people who support each other and who invest more attention into the programs that are in our communities trying to deal with these levels of crime and violence, taking these types of things serious and finally joining, you know, with them, participating with them, being responsible community uh, uh, members, and finding organizations that are already in community dedicated to these types of problems will eliminate the need for us to deal with the police because now these different movements and these different mm-hmm. organizations are getting stronger, right? They are the presences in our communities that we need. They are the new age, uh, Black Panther esque approach to dealing with our communities that, you know, our forefathers and Huey Pete and all of them had in mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When they were out there, you know, patrolling our streets. They weren't out there being problematic and causing issues they were serving breakfast in the morning and having mm-hmm. after school care programs and making sure uh community members can go to and from their jobs and to places of leisure without getting harassed by the police like that's what we need right but we got to stick together and find our resources a whole lot more effectively before we can um you know move away from meeting the police in our communities in the first place I so i don't know all of this to say I all of this to say um, we've talked about the issues that have happened. we talked about whether or not the police are even a good thing or whether they should exist, but I think we should put some attention on the responses that have popped up because they've been very, varied. they've been, yeah. uh, very different. Different people have, uh, definitely take a different stroke for different folk approach to really kind of confronting what's going on with, uh, police mm-hmm. brutality toward black people. So the first one that we, uh, etched out is this idea of economic resistance. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh yeah, I guess we can you can start with Killer Mike being on a radio show out in Atlanta and was just uh, pushing people to join a Black Owned Bank out there and I think they received like eight thousand new accounts or applic- applications for accounts in the mm-hmm. in a very short window. Uh, never never been seen before. They actually tweeted tweeted that Killer Mike thanking him for to bring awareness to the the issues and why uh, banking black is important. To our community so um like that response right there i thought was huge that people are actually uh using that route i'm in the process right now of finding the bank out here in this area mm-hmm. if i can't find a physical branch i'm gonna look into the online options i'd rather have a physical branch but i mean if it i mean just at this point just whatever it takes yeah um, yeah you know and, and then you, you you hope to see these banks you know giving out loans for businesses um you know reasonable interest rates um just just treating us as human beings that you know that we expect to get treated these other banks but that that hasn't happened so yeah and concentrating our capital
2: putting it all in one place is just like an important and necessary um symbolic justification i think i saw in some reports about it that black banks hold like 1.8 billion dollars Um, And then currently, like across the country, that that, that black-owned banks have that much uh, collateral and currency inside of their system. But I don't see a reason why that doesn't need to be a whole lot bigger when, you know, the black community has, what, trillions of dollars of spending power or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like
1: money's out there.
2: And and so we definitely, if we could collectivize our money and put it into a system that works for us so that loan rates and things like that could be manipulated and reflected based on the concentration of money and wealth and capital, I think that would be dynamic for the community.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So like big shout out to Killer Mike, you know, using this platform and, you know, creating real change. Yes, yes. And we just hope to, you know, see things grow from this. And, and I'm you know,
2: I'm happy to see it take off. You know what I mean? Because
1: Yeah, like immediately
2: economic resistance, like this whole idea that we can use our money to fight back is not new. Like I think every Christmas you and I were talking about, like um and every Thanksgiving when Black Friday comes, there's a whole lot of conversation about how we can use our money to stand up for ourselves and not buy into like that capitalist season Mm -hmm. and holiday and stuff like that. And people fall for it. They want the deals. They want the discounts. And so I just hadn't seen people take it as serious. As I had, you know, on my Facebook and on my Instagram and on my Snapchat, people were just talking about banking black.
1: Mm-hmm. you know. That that's a that's a beautiful thing to see, like just you know, just us continuing to make those small steps to just being solid. Yeah. Being a solid weld oil machine. And, you know, it's it's baby steps. You know, we, it took hundreds of years for us to get here. Yeah. So we just got to keep trucking. So also, man, big, big love, <clears throat> Killer Mike, though, for for just, just speaking that out there.
2: Yeah. And don't forget to, you know, support black businesses. You know, we, yeah. We, yeah, there are a lot of people. You'll have a project here soon. You've been a lot, of, a part of a lot of different products or projects, rather, um, that have needed support. There's a lot of people in communities. Your favorite soul food restaurant, uh, clothing retail, retailers, uh, cleaners, mechanics, uh, salons, uh, convenience stores right we should go and really support right. black businesses like are, are, are handling business and doing right and providing quality customer service because the biggest complaint is like well black people you know some niggas don't even like to eh. for every <laughs> nigga that you don't like they they service and they product it's somebody else if you look hard enough that's doing something different and better yes. if you go ahead and set out there it's something for everybody we make everything we do everything mm-hmm. so don't fight, feed into that lie that you know black people just don't put their stuff together right no it's white people and Mexican people and Chinese people and middle eastern people and indigenous people who have sloppy business practices and so don't feed into that lie and buy none of that Mm -hmm. go go find quality business that fits what you need and fits your needs and support it and if you don't like it get motivated and you make it yourself right meet the need there's a need Mm -hmm. that needs to be met so if you don't like it fix it if you're not gonna fix it shut up and go support people who are trying to get right you know what I'm saying? Your couple of dollars and your continual support can be the difference between them being at point eight and them being at point to be in their process, right? You didn't always have it together neither, but people didn't give up on you. So
1: mm-hmm. go
2: support Black people, support Black business, bank yes. Black. Shout out to Killer Mike. Business being made
1: out here. Yo, looking for those businesses. I forgot about this app. Didn't even tell you about it. It's What's called up? my It's called My Gas to Go. Mm-hmm. So I plan on using it when I uh, gotta gas up next week. My gas. So it's supposed to bring, yeah, but it's only in the Dallas area right now. But they they come to your car, fill you up, like oh, wow. on the go, like. And this is a black so business. It's, yeah, it's out here in Dallas. I saw it on my Facebook. Hey. And um, <clears throat> I was like, yep, I'm about to try that out. So saw a young black man on it, so bad
0: that's pretty gladly
1: spend my money on that so and that's that's pretty convenient too so i'm looking at the app right now um i hadn't i haven't had the gas up so i hadn't really even fooled with it yet but yeah that one there was another one floating around called where are you um it's really broad i think it'd be more beneficial people live on the east coast yeah but uh just black businesses on there So, yeah, I've definitely been looking, like, my response to a lot of this is just be even more conscious of, like, where I'm spending my money, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I'm doing with my time, like, what am I putting in my body, my brain, my spirit, everything.
2: And, I mean, because of the way that the world is set up and the way that uh, society is set up, uh, and we'll get to the specific comments that LeBron made uh, a little later in the show, but one Mm -hmm. thing he said that was very poignant was that it's not going to be convenient. Right, it's not gonna be yeah. easy for you to go and make the decision to stand up and to be uh, aligned with black businesses and black leaders and black thought and black movements. It's not gonna be because the way civil society is set up, niggas just don't got it like that, right? So you are gonna have to mm-hmm. seek out, you are gonna have to knock the dust off some stuff, you gonna have to ask some questions, you gonna have to invest some time and some patience and allowing for things to grow and evolve. And to present themselves uh based on what you need, but it exists and it's out there, you know what I'm saying? So don't take the convenient route. don't be like, Well I can't find it, it ain't down the street. Nah, mm-hmm. bust that move? You know what I'm saying? I'm challenging myself. Uh and, and I want to challenge people listening. If you really about that life, walk that walk. Go go find it. Go find mm-hmm. where it. So
1: sure. Yeah, definitely just put in put in small effort every day. I mean that's that's all I take from everybody. So yeah. I think it's uh just the seeing the the bank in Atlanta wasn't the only bank that people have been gravitating to towards, but that was just a, a big example, but you, it's happening everywhere, so I think it's a very, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. You know, we just got to keep going. I keep won't going, say, y'all.
2: I know where any, I don't think there are any black-owned banks in Orange County where I live, but, um, you know, Kansas City, um, Missouri, if you're listening, Liberty Bank. Yeah. I know it's one in Kansas, too, but I know it's one in Missouri off truth. Uh, Casey Lowe, Liberty Bank, is, uh, holding you down, and there's one on the Kansas side as well, so if I got any people holding down to chop up in Kansas, uh, Kansas City, Kansas, or Missouri, Liberty Bank is where you should go and throw your money in there.
1: Anybody in Dallas, let me know what's good. Where are the black banks? Yeah. I I just got conflicting information online, so...
2: Let's connect. Let's let's get yeah. some answers straight so everybody knows what's going on. Definitely. All right. Switch it up, switch it up, switch it up. Now, that has been one response, um, you know, using your dollar and putting money where your mouth is. But another response that has definitely, um, you know, had some mixed opinions um, has just been re- straight up retaliation. You want war, you sell war, you got war. And so now you have the killing of police officers, which has uh, spiked here in the last couple of weeks. We had course the big showdown in Dallas where what was the final number? Eleven shot, four killed,
1: three killed. It was uh it was enough.
2: Something like that. You also had some police kill uh three or four cops killed in uh, Baton Rouge.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
2: there's been a cop killed in Kansas City. City. Uh mm-hmm. there's been a cop killed in Kansas someplace. Uh, I mean, just a bunch of individual stories, uh, but a couple of them, I mean, straight up sniper accidents, like uh, the, one of the the shooter, uh, the alleged shooter, and there's a lot of conspiracy around, you know what I'm saying, the orchestration of a lot of these, uh, a lot of these shootings or whatever, by the laws and by the police, right, COINTELPRO mm-hmm. is not new to us, it's true to us, we already seen right. it, we know what it right. looks like um, for them to orchestrate mm-hmm. things that don't really quite make sense. Uh, but the shooter in Baton Rouge was from Kansas City, Missouri, Gavin Long. I uh, grew up out there. I was uh, 26, 27 years old, not too much older than us at all, or around the same age. 20, 29, somewhere <laughs> in there, somewhere in there. Woo! Mercy. But, um, you know, Carry he woo, but he was the person um, who, was, who was looked at to be responsible. One of the grossest things that uh, I pulled away from this is that in attempting to, and I forget the name of the first uh, shooter, from the Dallas shootings, but never before in U.S. history have the police used a bomb to detain um, a person who was suspected of a mass shooting. Right, we've seen them over a thousand mm. times. Dylan Roof wasn't bombed. Uh, Timothy McVeigh was not bombed back in Oklahoma City. Um, mm. A whole bunch of people were not bombed. Others, uh, the Sarnev brothers uh, from the Boston bombings, they were not bombed. Right, um, and they're and they were apprehended safely and. The biggest difference in this particular issue was uh that the police said that they feared for other police officer safety and would not, you know, be comfortable allowing or putting their officers in the line of danger. And I just thought that, that was such a weak cause that's first their job. Um, mm-hmm. no matter what, they do that anyway. So that was kind of inevitable. They were gonna do that whether or not, you know, this bad massacre happened or this bad um uh mass shooting happened or not. Um, but also, uh what? Like the same, (laughs) why do you think that the shooting happened in the first place? It's because people are like, we sick and there's More people dying and we're going to protect that. So this logic is silly. Uh, But of course, decided to use a bomb and to bomb this young man and killed him. Um, And and that was that in Dallas. And so the response to killing police. How do you, how do you feel about that?
1: I I, I understand. Um, Let me ask
2: you this. Is there anything you want to be clear about in terms of the killing of the police?
1: I mean, I want nobody to die. I mean, that's bottom line, I want nobody to die, but I definitely understand what's what's happening, and um, I understand people wanting to lash out. Like, I felt those times being, you know, fearful what the outcome may be with this interaction with this police officer, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just been part of my life, so. I think that needs to be understood, and that needs to be changed to what causes reaction, and not so much f- is focus on the reaction. Because now I feel like there's there's gonna be like a lot of retaliation back back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And then you know where do we go from there?
2: I mean that's what we see, you know. And um, I think Gavin Long, the uh, Baton Rouge shooter. Had a mm-hmm. manifesto, and he kind of talked about in so many words, chickens coming home to roost, and mm-hmm. the fact that you know it was kind of inevitable that it was uh, just the perfect setup for people to be tired and to be so tired mm-hmm. that they started to lash out, and he ended up being a person, you know, a car, kind of in that in that wheel um, or in that machine. But can you really be surprised? I think that's question the question that everybody's asking, but everybody, and and that ironically, everybody's coming up with the same answer too. We can't come up with the same answer for how the guns end up here, how that, but one thing we can be sure about is that, yeah, once you start beating up on somebody a whole lot and they want to fight back and retaliate, you can't be shocked, right? Like even if it was indirect, if nothing ever happened to them specifically, it is psychologically violent to know that you live in a place and walk around in a place where you being stopped for something that you don't even know what you did. Mm-hmm. Can end up being the last moment that you do anything. It's it's wild that I take solace in having Facebook Live and being able to use it as a regular person. Because I know for a fact, if I ever see some lights going on, we're going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm turning my phone on and we're going to do this whole, like, I, that's my plan. And I whoever in a million years thought that would have to be the case. Remember right. just last year, they were talking about putting more cameras on police so that we can catch the stuff as it plays out.
1: But then they fall off or faulty or just some reason. Or they get turned off. Or 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 they pass a law where the footage won't even be available to the public. Mm. Like in in uh, was it North or South Carolina and Missouri? Mm,
2: Probably.
1: Was that? I'm not sure. Not not that it's two states, and so they're making it where the the footage won't even be available to the public. I mean, they've passed it,
2: like you said. Killing killing the police is never, it's not, I'm not saying it's good. I have a couple of, I know a couple of police officers have a friend that's a police officer. I'm not saying that you deserve to die. I could never sleep with myself or live with myself if I, if I were to assume that I was look you in the face and saying that. But what I will say is that you are a part of a lifestyle. The same thing I would tell, you know, my homies from the block when I mean, they go and set out and go live the lives that they live and do the things that they do and do the shady shit that they want to get into, you are setting yourself up or putting yourself in a position for people to not really bang with what you do, and to respond accordingly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And... That's the, look, it's codes to the game. Some niggas is like, it's some stuff all I just don't do. I got honor with mine. I'm just out here trying to get money. I ain't out here trying to hate on nobody. Just like the police is like, it's just a certain job I got to do. I'm not out here trying to harass nobody. I'm just trying to uh, mm-hmm. protect. Oh, it sounds the same. But the bottom right. line of it all is that you live a lifestyle. You are a part of a culture, right? You exist uh, within a particular understanding of who you are. And now you understand what it means to be castigated, to be identified, to just be justifiably, justifiably eliminated because of some stuff you're a part of that you can't do mm-hmm. nothing about. Mm-hmm. And I, I use the example of a gang, uh, you know, or somebody involved in illicit crime, but I, you can be a black person, just like, I'm just going to go out here and live. I ain't bothering nobody. I'm just doing whatever, but you're a part of a group. Right Now you know what it feels like to be a part of a group, a hated group, a targeted group. Mm. Um, And you don't like it. And it is ironic to me, but it is a decision that you make. And all I'm saying is, well, I don't justify it at all. It there's a level of understandability and i mm-hmm. get it and i don't sympathize with it and i don't want to be a part of it and i would i can't even hold a gun i've touched a gun exactly uh one and a half times the other time i don't really didn't even hold it for real um mm-hmm. in my life and, and those are moments that i'll never go back to because i'm not interested but you cannot understand um and you cannot get it right
1: mm-hmm. so oh, that's, uh yeah we're talking that? about holding a gun like when I held a gun, I felt like how valuable like life life is. Yeah, we shooting at targets and stuff and like that. But I'm like, wow, this thing is so powerful. Like this could just end somebody. Like it was my, first, uh, you know, James Jones. Shout out to James Jones. Yeah, uh, take me out there shooting and stuff. My like, Man, this. So you you know you gain a respect for the weapon, but you you also understand that, you know, life is very valuable, so you would never want to point that at somebody unless you were going to use it, so the fact that there's so many people out here pointing and using it, it's like it, it's, there's no value in life, like just the, the value in life has just been the value of life is just been destroyed yeah so just and I mean that can be an own conversation about, about
2: just gun just thinking, laws and, and all types mm-hmm.
1: of stuff mm-hmm. you said
2: just thinking about what?
1: Oh, when you talk about, you know, holding a gun and never want to do it again, like um, I'm like, Yeah, I, I feel what you I feel what you're saying. Yeah. I just feel what you're saying on that. So
2: Yeah. I mean, fallen officers, um I <clears throat> feel for your families the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody was lost as somebody's brother, auntie, cousin, sister, daddy, whatever. But that speaks uh to the broader need for us to talk about what's built into the system to allow for these types of things to happen, right? What is built into the system and structure that allows people to be so outraged at the job you're doing protecting them that makes them want to take you out, right? Those are questions that we need to ask uh, about the system that exists and that nobody wants to ask. So uh, one of the many responses has been has been fighting back. Um, an interesting response, and it's interesting in regards uh, to the fact that it's highly criticized, uh, it has been here lately because it's antiquated, it's old school, it doesn't get anywhere, but it's the idea of marching. And mm-hmm. here recently, Snoop Dogg, who is a grip, and the game, who is a blood, uh, or who represent those particular uh, gang affiliations, connected with each other. Um, and marched on L.A., marched down to the police department to basically confront the police about the issues that have been happening. And they did so in a way that like unified. Um, Bloods and Crips uh, and Mm. different communities, black people in general um, in the LA area. Um, And so that's a little bit closer to me, and that was some buzz around that. Uh, The March angle, though, I don't know. Like, I do kind of agree that, like, Mm what is marching doing like what are you doing in conjunction with marching like Martin King and them was marching but they was protesting and they was not riding the bus for a minute and they were doing all types of stuff to really make that the brunt of that felt but like if you're gonna call I won't I won't even say that because I won't even necessarily say that happened but I just marching is it a thing does it work is it effective Uh... Do we does it have its let me ask this. Cause we know literally walking somewhere and being like, We won't change doesn't do anything. Does it yeah, have that's, its place? It being proven. Does it have its place?
1: I and that's a that's a good question because I think that it does have its place. Okay.
2: What place does it have? Um, Why does it have a place?
1: Um I think it's a good way to to gauge the frustration of people. Like if people was outside every day protesting, they 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 pretty pissed off. Yeah. You might want to listen to what they talking about. I, I, but if they if they come and go i mean like uh i don't know but it has its place as far as it has its place along with the groundwork that must be done um on ourselves in our communities and with you know with each other so definitely it has its place
2: one of the things that i always am moved by right like i might not be Moved by you shutting down. I am moved by you shutting down traffic. I take that back. One of the things, I'll just say it straight out. One of the things I always move by with marches is like it creates kind of a visceral emotion or response to it because you can see the number of people supporting something. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's one thing to know and, you know, to get in the conversations about Twitter activism, Facebook activism, being online, you know, having these kind of side conversations, using social media to talk. And, you know, stuff is buzzing. Right. You get a good idea Mm of what a trending topic is and you get the hashtag of the day and you're like, okay, this is something a lot of people care about. Like it's clearly a big deal. But when you have a protest, you really start to see in one concentrated area just how many people are really like this is not a thing. And yeah. so, it, I don't
1: can take your breath away. You, exactly, like, looking at some of that stuff,
2: and it can c- communicate. And that's why I say you kind of you always need a part B with it. But I think mm-hmm. it can communicate an idea to an establishment like, uh, we here, we deep. It's not a game, but we need a, mm-hmm. and this is what we gonna do if you keep playing with us, or and this is what we about to do to really turn your world upside down. Not just mm-hmm. here's some foot traffic. Here's us stopping your traffic. Here's us shutting some stuff down. Like, and that's yeah. necessary, right? I'm all about disruption politics, like. Definitely disruptive rage is necessary. Shut up, uh, the Mall of America, the highways of Oakland and San Francisco, uh, shut it down. Like mm-hmm. cause disarray. I'm not saying that that's not effective or necessary or important because your, 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 presence needs to be felt, but we need a, we need a backdoor. Some of these things with something else, right? Now we were a nuisance and we stopped your day. Here's a way to fester. Right? this is us planting a seed. Now watch it grow. This is where we're going from here. We're not gonna stop. We gonna we don't stop doing this. We're not gonna do that. We are gonna start doing this. Like these marches mm-hmm. need a part B because they don't care, right? Like shouting outside of a building with a bullhorn, like they they they've learned how to tune us out on that level. So it has to kind of be right. ramped up a little bit to to reflect some action and some materiality. But the march does have, marching does have its place.
1: It has its place, and just like people putting their money in the back uh, black banks has its place as well so yeah. you see them people are taking that, that, that next part to it or going a, an extra step so yeah. that was a good question though it does have its place cause it, you know you see a lot of the people talking down on it but I, I, I'll i never speak down on somebody collecting you know, their people for me yeah it, you know what I'm saying so yeah. I always have respect for that and the people that, that do it so we all in the same
2: Right, right, right. Okay, so the game has been busy, though, right? Because that's not only the mm. only thing he did. So the game linked up with mm. Snoop, tied their rags together, took a walk um, across yeah. L.A. and was like, we're not having that. And they weren't they weren't unified. The community was unified against the police. But then the game switched it up. And I also saw, um, and this is a highly criticized kind of approach to this issue, too, is the game linked up with the police. Uh, joined the police captain, uh, the, the L.A. Police Department uh, captain or whomever, Made a video together, you know, the same cliche, you know, the violence has got to stop, we care about the community, stop Mm -hmm. the violence, da-da-da-da, and kind of went into the whole rigmarole of we should work with the police, we should be cooperating and having a collaborative relationship to start to deal with these issues. Um, I've also seen a widespread approach to this across the board where, like... There have been black people who have turned out, I think Oakland, right? The police officers in Oakland uh, offered to have a like picnic or a barbecue or something. And mm. organizers was like, "No, nah, we good. We decline. Um, <laughs> we don't right. want to have a picnic with you. This is not time to eat ribs and hot dogs and act like everybody is happy because they're not." Um, you have Officer Norman, I believe, coming out of Oklahoma City. Very popular officer on Facebook. I see him a whole lot pop up. I don't know if you see him. He's like a uh, he's a on Ten Caramel uh, with Jesse Williams and Drake uh, holding mm. down over there. Um, but he is in his community and he plays with the kids and goes, plays, uh, he whips and nays with them and plays cops on robbers. And it's very nice. And people, he, he's been doing this for decades, right? Been doing this for years before a lot of these things were issues. I use these examples uh, to say, uh, is there a place in this movement at this time for us to really be coalescing with the cops? Is, do you think that that is a useful, effective response to what's going on? Hmm should we be down with the 911 is it 12 nah,
1: or is it 12 now we need now nah, we, nah, we need to be amongst ourselves yeah and organizing amongst ourselves um getting to know reacquainted with each other uh digging into our history understanding how we can all help each other achieve a common goal and i'm just not really for that like i wouldn't have went to the barbecue either cuz first of all i'm trying to get out that that swine anyway right
2: on my brother i don't want no swine yeah. and no kind my hey, brother yeah that's
1: <laughs> hey yeah but for real like real rapper. I'm, not, I'm 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 not i'm not with it yeah like just do your job yeah. like that's we don't have to have we don't have to be cool like i can you can respect me i can respect you you can do your job uh, yeah, because you
2: broke it. Y'all broke it. I don't trust you. There's a healthy amount of skepticism mm-hmm. that is there. And and that phraseology, we talked about it before. My man's Adam Ajax. Shout out to Adam running the ECLI Eddie Conway Liberation Institute debate camp going on right now at Towson University in Baltimore. Um but he taught me this phrase that was just like, you know, to have a healthy distrust of white people. And I feel like, mm. you know, that's how I've navigated a lot of on
1: the show before. You
2: know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> a lot of my relationships is with that healthy amount of distrust. Uh, and so I I, I I deal with and relate to the police with that same level of engagement. Like, I don't really feel like you have my best intent at heart. I do feel like if given the opportunity, you will attempt to criminalize me or abuse your power in the situation to make sure it ends uh, in your favor, even if you don't get anything materially against it, you still want to be able to take the moral high road and say, "I was the bigger, more powerful person in this moment," and so I don't trust that. I don't feel comfortable with you know, immediately calling the police. Like you know what I'm saying? Like there are so mm-hmm. many. Like I just I don't. I feel bad, but I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like I and so do you think that was a misstep in games on games behalf, especially since he is like a mouthpiece for black people right now, or is operating uh, for one in his community? Do you think that was a solid move?
1: I don't, I mean, he was just probably doing what he thought was best. And I really ain't gonna try to criticize nobody for trying to make, make something better. Right. But I don't know. He can always get better. Just like we can all get better. Like if he just, reaching out to people that are out in the community doing the the grassroots movement where, yeah. you know, on a day-to-day basis, um, probably be pointing in a better direction.
2: I don't know. I mean, and I ain't, I ain't going to, I ain't trying to hate on game at all.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm nah, just. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's not know.
2: at all about, you know what I'm saying? Being like, oh, well, the game is whack because he went and talk to the police. you do not talk to the, to the boy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, when, when, when these stories are changing so fast and so rapidly every day, every day. Um, I end up being very curious about what gets us the most immediate results. And I'm just no longer convinced that powwow and hug and holding hands. And I used to be, I mean, MLK was, was who was my inroads to this black life, to understand the black existence, to understand that a black life matter. You know what I'm saying? All of that mm-hmm. uh, as a four and five year old. And so I used to be on that whole, we shall overcome. And when I say we, I mean you and me, brother, white brother, black brother, Chinese, brother, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like reality has really mm-hmm. told me um, and revealed to me and refined me in terms of the positionality starting out from unity, right? If we get there at some point, sure, cool, let's do it. But to start yeah. out from that notion is, is a misnomer because it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how you understand this. You don't understand us as starting out on equal footing. You don't understand us as, you know what I'm saying, being, you know, on the same level or the, having the same ability to create and effectuate change. You feel like you got the big stick and the power. So we can't really start off on the same plane. It's just not. It, it, so I um, don't
1: Mm-hmm. It does not compute.
2: Like, I think the best thing for white people to do, the best thing for police officers to do if you're trying to solve police brutality, you're trying to solve white supremacy, you're trying to solve uh, anti-blackness or racism, whatever you want to call it, is to go back to your own circles. White people need to go. It's white people. It's plenty of white people by now at this point who know that wrong is wrong. Y'all need to be mm-hmm. rolling and wrapping people up and going on in your own circles and rebuking uh, and uh, repudiating um, and correcting and dismissing and exiling people and then then come back and talk to me. Y'all need to have intrapersonal conversations. It's not an interpersonal conversation. Inter, Mm -hmm. meaning back and forth between two parties. We ain't got nothing to talk about for real. You need to have an intrapersonal conversation with the people within your system or your circle. The police need to figure out what the hell is going on and be gone if they need to be gone. Black people need to get on a stronger united front. White folk need to...
1: Teach them.
2: get real Teach them. do something
1: get your, get your breath Teach get them.
2: them get them you know what i'm saying but- <laughs> and then we can come back together but for right now we don't need to talk nobody need to talk to nobody on nothing yeah like until people yeah. get a little bit more firm on what they really trying to do about this thing because um i feel like uh the back and forth Kind of, we are all we we are all one. Let's let's stand together and have it, that. Mm. Mm. People people aren't buying it. Stop the violence. Stop the violence. Like that becomes a trite message that does not speak to the fact that people are violent and people have to commit crimes and that people do the things that they do to be targeted by the police in the first place because they live in a disproportionately um, uh, equitable world in a, in a in a society that sets them up to be victims of crimes or participants of crimes in the first place. Right? Those are bigger conversations that nobody wants to have. Stop the violence, stop the violence. Well, how do I, How does my family eat? I'm a part of a lifestyle, a crime lifestyle that makes sure or ensures that everybody around me is fed, right? How do I stop the violence when, yeah, it's money to be made. And if somebody from over here come over here and takes some food, then bottom line, if you take some money out of my, my baby mouth, some food out of my baby mouth, the bottom line is you got to go, right? Like... No, it's not always right, and no, it's not always rational. No, these crimes are not always about providing for families, and sometimes it's people just reckless. These people are psychologically hurt from decades and centuries of being treated like shit. You know what I mean? And so that's what I mean when I say there are bigger discussions that need to be had that don't nobody want to talk about because it's too hard. It's too involved to sit down Mm -hmm. and try to figure out the psyche of the black body in America and why people act the way that they do, thus making mm-hmm. them targets by people who feel like they act like animals. Like, nobody wants to have that heavy involved conversation, but it's time.
1: Nope. Go figure. Just like when we talked about reparations in another episode, like, you know, free mental health counseling. Yes. On deck.
2: Yes. People need it. That's we why need they shoot that. At people. That's why they shoot at police, because they, they don't feel well. They're not good.
1: Mm-hmm. They're not okay.
2: You wouldn't be either. If you were worried for your life, nonstop, whether you commit a crime or not, whether you uh, Charles Kinsey, put your hands up and are just doing your job or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's traumatic. Mm-hmm. It's traumatizing and hurt people hurt people, right? Like, that's not new information. Uh, we have two more. We have two more. Uh, we got an interesting angle to this. Uh, one that's not surprising, uh, but that one that is kind of surprising considering how engulfed we are with conversation about black life. Uh, A$AP Rocky has been like, yeah, I'm not with all of that. Not really dealing mm-hmm. with it. What did A$AP talk about?
1: I should have kept the quote up, but he was really just saying that ain't got nothing to do with him. He living in Soho and Beverly Hills. Um, he in the studio. He in mm-hmm. these fashion studios. Yeah. Henry Louis Gates uh, was in his beautiful, yeah, illustrious
2: he- community. Locked out of his house, too, but neither here nor there. You
1: know, he was really detailed as far as, like, how deep or how far away from it he is. You know, he said not, that's not his life, so, you know, pretty much just fuck it, so. But my thing is, you know, he's, he in Beverly Hills, you still be a nigga. Like, that's what I'm... You even more not. of a nigga.
2: You are, yeah. like... The, the nigginess is magnified. It's amplified.
1: Yeah, he might be gone, though. Like, he had a quote somewhere that said, uh, being around Ron Howard is, like, uh, being 40 years older and white. So, he just, he, that's just what's around him right now. He just, he being whitewashed, so.
2: Must
1: be nice. Yeah, shout out to, nah, fuck that.
2: <laughs> I ain't even, <laughs> we, I, and I mean, it like, ain't really, real. it ain't even really a, a lot of time to sit here. And and even talk about his decision, his commentary, because that is the exact opposite attitude that you like these you like what? Like, how do you not understand that you are a target, that you are an easy target now because you don't care. Right. Because you don't. uh, It's just it's so weird. It's so weird to me that you get to take that position. And that's the utmost of privilege. That's what whiteness teaches you. Right. Like whiteness is. And we talked about this whiteness being the standard. Right, whiteness creeps in mm-hmm. and is like, if you can live up to this, if you can look like this and have this much money, you'll be safe and you'll be protected. So, in a weird way, it's like he is bought into the lie of whiteness, but he yeah. also is being manipulated and pimped by whiteness because whiteness ain't gonna protect you. Like, like you don't, you don't get no access to that. You realize that they don't, they're not really giving you like real whiteness or real access to white supremacy. Right? They just kind of you just you either there. a token. A picture on the wall that can point to, or a good setup, boy, for you to be manipulated and, and fucked over, quite literally, right? When the time is right. Like, white supremacy will find you, yo. <laughs> it will find you. Yeah.
1: yeah, he deep in it, so. You,
2: you should know. Google your name. You'll find where white supremacy has found you. These white people don't fuck with you, yeah. Yo. They are not banging with you like right that.
1: I'm not listening to uh, A$AP Rocky. I have not listening to Killer Might Run the Jewels hey. 2. Hey. So, hey. on Spotify.
2: So we ain't worried about. That's why I've been up.
1: checking it out. So, made me yeah. feel bad
2: for watching Dope. Now I'm mad. I even like. The movie. He
1: was good in Dope. I mean, I liked it. That was that was a really good movie, actually. Yeah,
2: but I mean, he's stupid in real
1: life. Too. Yeah, fuck that nigga right. So, uh, let's talk about
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> the last, the last area that I want to talk about in terms of how Black folks and people in general have been responding uh, to. The murdering um of black people, police brutality, what's been happening here lately since the fourth. Um is Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. The video Puckies. game that has taken um handheld devices by storm. Um, gotta catch catch 'em all. You go out there and get you a, a, a what, the, what is it? A Charizard or a yeah. Pikachu or a uh what do they call?
1: A ratat. A ratatat. Uh, I don't know. I, just it
2: there, but. I think it's it is called a ratata. <laughs> it's called a ratata, something like that. Yeah, um a Mewtwo, a Meowth. Uh mm-hmm. I don't know. I used to play Pokemon and by play Pokemon, I take that back. Bulbasaur. Right. Um yeah. Well, those are like
1: some of the basic I can't remember no more names.
2: Squirtle. Yeah. Um
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I didn't play I it. I just... I was a, I was a 90s kid, right? So I collected the cards. I had a little folder for them, you know, where you yeah, put your little... Ba- cool. Yeah, your baseball cards. that I had the little sleeves, and you hook them up, and I, I would trade people for them. Didn't know what they meant, right? But I had some holographic ones and some cool ones. Besides that, my knowledge of Pokemon is nothing. Um, it's squat. Don't know how to play. Don't understand how people was making imaginary creatures fight with cards. I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Now it's on the phone, right? So people have I had been. It on the game boy. You had it on the game boy.
1: On the game boy, I had a green game boy. Hey, listen, playing Pokemon.
2: <laughs> These days, though, um, people who weren't even alive during the Pokemon craze, right? These little younger people, older people, yeah. adults,
1: right? I love niggas.
2: Everybody is anything. is walking around, stumbling through communities, playing doggone on Pokemon Go. If you see a cluster of people walking <laughs> around a the place, they're looking for a Poke Stop. Or trying to buy some Pokeballs. Or trying to find... They got the word that some rare Pokemon is around the corner. They're trying to hurry up and get Mm. over there. Um, But it's a lot of... It's been some jabber about it, right? Because as soon as the Pokemon craze hit... This was right after uh, Philando Castile and uh, Alton Sterling and a host of other people um, were targeted and killed by the police. um, And after the police shootings. And all of a sudden we have all these people playing this game and they're captivated by this video game. So... I'm gonna ask the question everybody's been asking: Can we do both? Are we are we being distracted? Were people distracted, or have people been being distracted by Pokemon Go?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know. Shit. No. Nah. Not. Yeah. I hope you were able to focus on more than one thing at you know at a, at a time. Yeah, and that's
2: been the argument: is that you know people people are people. <laughs> we yeah, we we do things like do more more than one thing at once. We you know have marriages and we mm-hmm. have children and we mm-hmm. feed ourselves and we go to work every day so like it is possible to yes. to care about more than one thing so you agree with that that idea
1: yes i can walk and talk at the same time Who
2: would you lose it walk and chew gum, hey, the
1: walk <laughs> you gum can't. at the same time <laughs> um and so yeah no, but for real and, but in pokemon go is i think it's a really cool concept like i mean i, I don't have the game i don't plan on playing it but when i heard about it i was like oh that's pretty cool yeah Like, if I was into that shit right now, I would be all over it, but... it's not what you went to. I'm cool.
2: I mean, also, Um, too, it's had its benefits, right? People have been talking about, A, well, in terms of, you know, the issues going on with black people, just, like, it's psychologically helpful, right? Like, it's cool to take a break. It's necessary to take a break from some of this killing and violence and uh, the news reports and the constant videos and pictures and stuff. Like, it's necessary to take a break from that type of thing. Um but the other side of it is the health benefits of Pokemon Go, right? It's getting people up off the couch.
1: Yeah, you see people outside at different hours of the night too. Yeah, and walking out
2: Like not like putting in putting in quite a bit of, of work taking these trips to get these Pokemon.
1: Yeah. Uh, someone told me they was out for six hours trying to get mm-hmm. Pokemon. I'm like, damn, that's almost a work day. Listen. Tripping.
2: You listen. <laughs> that's almost you could have got a check in that time. Um, yeah. But she was, like, but. chasing Pokemon
1: but they was letting me know like they just laced me up on all the game i was like all right cool i mean i mean it was with their friends so i guess they had a good time you know in between you just kind of talking you know about everything with Mm -hmm. your your people so i mean i I guess that's that's a really cool part about it like you just out with your people and y'all catching pokemon and doing whatever y'all do yeah so i was like i didn't know it was like i didn't know it was like that though
2: so I never thought I'd say this in the same sentence, but much like uh, marching as activists mm-hmm. in civil rights uh, has its place, uh, Pokemon Go has its place <laughs> in the movement um, because I mean there there are psychological and mental benefits to it and health benefits to it. You know, too, people taking like whole mile, two miles, six miles, six hour strolls, and mm. um, that's not something that of any game you know, that's been interactive outside of like what the Wii and the Xbox Connect, that's about as interactive, excuse me, as the common person's video game has has gone. So now you can have any type of phone you want to and still be a part of a broader community, still be doing your own individual thing and be getting some benefits out of it. So I I guess I'm here for it.
1: I'll never play. It has its place.
2: No, not on my phone, but in the universe, (laughs) you know, do your thing oh yeah Pikachu okay um I think at this moment we're gonna go to some music we're gonna hang out for a minute Listen to this hot artist we got coming up, and when we come back, we will pick the conversation up with the entertainment chop. This is The Chop Up. The name of the song we'll be featuring on this week's episode of The Chop Up is called Whoops, coming from an artist by the name of Brother Shaw, straight out of Dallas, Texas. Whoops is a bold, powerful song challenging white supremacy with a little bit of jazz feel. If you like this song, be sure to check him out on SoundCloud and Twitter. Brother, B R O T H A underscore Shaw, S H A W T. And don't forget the name of the song is Whoops, right here on The Chop Up.
3: Now, I'm gonna let you talk to my people. But all these block, mumble, jumble. Just save that. Leave that at the doorstep, brother. We don't want no problems, we understand. We can't, can't somewhat relate to your struggles, brother. I'm like, you know, tonight, okay?
4: Uh, Now you try and
3: live. System, homeboy, we black skin. We was taught everybody was supposed to be equal. Why everybody looking at us acting like we finna get it? Like we shadowed. shadow Like we skiss trippin', tripping Like we got problems Even class A parts that much harder But even in that art, they we finna rob And got that heart racing races. They be perspiring With their hard faces X-raying Y'all whole body Bad. Like you paddy Fitting with the shot while we sitting In a LA. lobby Like I can Did that kind of band Did that Colorado shit, that Boston Like I can Was in South Carolina Like I can Finna find they self family. Hey, hey brother Who? I thought I told you To keep that like a struggle sheet to yourself, man. We can talk about anything else, okay? I'm gonna let you try this one more time, but for me, I'm gonna have to calm that down. Sister Sandra Bland. Bland, and that shit happened in my lane. Bland. Guess your big boy wasn't playing. I said, Was not Excuse me, isn't playing. Will we let another black queen get slain? Bland. Another bar him out Daddy Martin Luther King. We cane. coming out the hood, Hubie Newton, man. Salute in the game with Kutuki, take Kane, Pan African. We all the same. Bland. Red, black, green, battles, friend hang Oh, Across the planetary plane. One nation Bland. under the Bland. game. We all players, Bland. man. We all Bland. deserve to swing. All I to change, cause the planet can't Separation from your brother struggle, man Love your brother, man From the motherland yo, that's an out of D But I can't show. get down with get down me with To recreate D. reality For the you feel the gravity See? of the situation? Got me contemplating The plot we're facing, and my observation I'm as incarceration, gentrification And our years is such What this wrong with you? Talk about something else Honey than
4: these Black struggle In these That you bring this curse Upon my institution I we not free, so fuck the Emancipation Proclamation. America's a plantation, and racism's the foundation. They partake in our extermination, generation after generation. Segregation, discrimination, lynching, hanging. It. It's sickening. Asa Grant, Ayana Jones, Trayvon Martin, Freddie Gray, Alex Landu, and Sister Blair. Our narrative for every day. They shot that boy, right away they didn't say freeze nope. Tamir to got a tombstone that officer got paid how they telling us build the bridge and get over it what? Wait. We done built them bridges and the I roads and shit. shit. We done built a load of shit. Uh-huh. Wait, matter of fact, most Pretty of much. it. But they won't admit they stole it and ain't give us ownership. The media is full of biggest Bitch. propaganda training. You not the Crips. The law enforcement is the biggest gang it, in and blue. blue. Now they got the audacity to call us thugs who beat the people Stole the land and raped the women, man, y'all the thugs Our men die, our children die, our women die, that's genocide Prison population equals profit, it's a business, guys Don't break the law and the cops won't kill you, bitch Shut your dumb ass up, I know you still too
2: You know we keep hot music on the chop up So hopefully you are keeping up With the jams that we're playing Don't forget uh, And uh, I'm going to go ahead and point this out for a second Before we move into the entertainment chop. We were supposed to have the uh, Chop up summer mixtape come out in June But it's not coming out in June It's coming out in July So don't worry about it It's coming to you soon (laughs) Make sure you check it out Um, if it's the last thing I do before I go and finish working and moving around, I promise y'all I'm going to put a collection of the hottest songs that we've had on the Chop Up to date on one project so everybody can kind of listen in. That's everybody um, from Jay Blacksmith to Masai to, uh, who was it, Tory Pines. Who, who else you got? Who'd you have on the show?
1: Oh, We had T. Lee. Yeah. We had C. Pope. We had... Oh, I miss it somebody
2: so many different yeah. artists listen like yeah. just oh, shunji shunji like shunji yep. just keep uh-huh. your eyes open What's uh be my be my fiasco has been on the show be my
1: fiasco yes
2: yeah we, we rolling the names of these artists back because we've enjoyed having them on the show so much uh my yes. boy royce uh smith has been on the show uh royce just,
1: got bars.
2: yes yes yo we've had some amazing music on this show i'm shouting it out now yeah. because i want y'all looking out for the mixtape when it's gonna come out um before August 1, that is my promise to the people listening on here. So, make sure y'all uh, keep a lookout for the Chop Up Mixtape. It's going to be on the line soon. Because you know it goes down on here. Bam. Bam, bam, bam. And just like that, it is time for the Entertainment Chop. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Before, uh, you know, we get to the Trump business, before we get to a whole bunch of other stuff, we got to talk about Taylor Swift, uh, Kim Kardashian, right. Kanye West. So... Uh, recap the issue song called famous comes out Kanye West is on it I feel like there's a lot of that oh me sex I feel like Taylor Swift still on me sex whatever I made that bitch famous so uh, these lyrics come out he made her famous of course from the what was that 2012 2011 something like that MTV Mm. uh, VMA Awards or Mm. yeah VMA Awards Uh, Beyonce apparently had the best album Taylor Swift shouldn't have got the award. Kanye West crashes the stage, uh, tries to jack Taylor for the award, and it turns to a whole thing. He throws her name into a song, and then all of a sudden, Taylor Swift comes out a couple months later, or yeah, here recently in the last year, and was like, yo, that wasn't cool. Certain artists feel the need to make their name off of other people, you know, off of being mean and rude and blase blase. Has this whole white lady moment where she's like, But I'm a survivor and I rise above and I get my awards and my my ducats regardless because haters don't matter to me, right? Mm-hmm. And there is chaos surrounding now these lyrics that Kanye West is coming out with. You know, I made that famous, I feel like Taylor was the only Sex. Fast forward to about the last week. Um, in the news and you got uh, now Kim K coming out with what we call the receipts, right? Uh, yeah. Aunt Nippy uh, Whitney Houston told us before you're going to ask me some questions about some cocaine you need to ask where the receipts at, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So from there you know, society yeah, has the learned receipts. to ask for them receipts and mm. Kim K came with them uh, Kim Kardashian yeah. pops up on Snapchat uh, has a bunch of different posts that basically show a video that was taken that night uh, that Kanye West was in the studio recording Famous where he called her, let her know that she was going to be on the gym, let her know what was going on, and she responded, cool. He says, okay, I'm going to say this, this and that about you. I'm going to... uh say this particular line this particular verse i want to let you know this now because you're my friend because i have respect for you because i love you how do you feel about this uh what else happened she's like saying okay i got you yeah it's fine no i think it's gonna be funny it's gonna be cool <laughs> and here we are uh where rick rubin is in the room she's on speakerphone rick rubin mm-hmm. master producer who produced the song plus a bunch of other people is in the background and she said she says everything's fine right so she's been exposed
1: so she caught. She's,
2: she's busted, right? You tried to make uh, a pity party, you tried to send out some invites, then nobody want to come to your pity party, and then Kim K told you, why ain't nobody come, and now
1: you mad. So... That's funny.
2: It's funny. funny. And the I'm reason... I'm
1: glad Kim K held, held Kanye down, like, you know, they, she get a lot of shit, but yeah. Gotcha.
2: I mean, <laughs> it, it... Look, she's been great. Uh, she's been a point person, a prototype, oh, yeah. an example of what it means to be caught by footage in this industry, right? Like the tapes Mm. what got Kim K famous and noticed in the first place. So it's awesome that she's actually a part of a tape being released that actually exonerates, uh, Kanye West. And so
1: that is, that's pretty funny.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's interesting to have a story where Kim Kardashian isn't the villain. Usually she, she's the bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West, who I'm not really necessarily a fan of. I, he has his place in the world. I Whatever.
1: But <laughs> everybody has their place.
2: Everybody? No, everybody doesn't have their place. Kanye West does oh. have their place. Uh, okay. Have his place. Um, in the world, I will grant him that. He wasn't the villain. But we actually start to see white women crying wolf. You know what I mean? And how in society, and this is not to, to castigate all.
1: Finally getting caught.
2: Or, yeah, or target all white women, <laughs> but it's to point out the privilege that white women have, right? To go undetected when they get to cry and weep and be like, look what they did to me. I'm a victim. I was targeted. It's not right. I mean, and this is old school white feminism where you get mm. to be the center of attention. Like, you ain't even up on the newbies. You just, like, that's not, no, you don't get to do that and to do it at the expense of the character of a black person and of a black mm. man, right? Like, no more for that so this segment i just really wanted to kind of just point out ha ha nanny nanny boo boo taylor swift you got rolled on i never really liked you like that anyway um (laughs) i bet you are feeling 22 because i was petty and immature What you did and you got exposed Mm. so ha shifting gears um, usually you know in this next topic we, we usually would probably in an ideal world where this is real politics talk about some of this on a political chop or talk about it on um, the elections chop but I'm not even mm-hmm. finna take out a segment for this because this is all just for show it shows you the, the, the non-sensory the tomfooleries of our political system uh, Melania Trump uh, the right. wife of Donald Trump uh, just stupid Potential first lady, <laughs> just, just, a, just a doodoo bird. Like, what are you like? What is going on in your life to make you? It really is not her fault. I feel like she's being puppeted by a vicious and malicious and stupid man named Donald Trump. Um, but this fool gets up doing her address at the RNC, at the Republican National Convention. Uh, gives her a little spiel in her speech. And all of a sudden, people start being like, hold on, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. It's exposed that part of her speech is. Uh, straight out of the book of Michelle Obama and the speech that she gave at the, what was that, the 2008 Democratic National Convention.
1: Right, right.
2: Nigga, the memes. The memes.
1: The Mm. drag. Shout out to everybody on the memes.
2: I just, I love, I love black people because since, um, like, Insta has been popping, you've really been able to see one, the artistic capability, but I mean, two, these niggas take no time, like, nope, 2.0 nah, nah. seconds. And they, you would have thought they knew it was going to happen before it happened. Like, you must have a library oh. of memes ready for this, because how are you rolling it so fast? Mm, what
1: but, do they look like when they're doing it? Like, if you could watch somebody work from afar? Uh, what do they look like? Is it like a... Are they serious? And things? how much time?
2: You know, people not going to bed while they do this. They like what? Boom, <laughs> do, Uh, snap, cut and paste, copy and paste, get this video, move to
1: cut that. So off. they scrambling.
2: You know, <laughs> the day in the life of a meme maker. Like, I wonder what you it feels to like be one of them niggas. Like, I got to be a first responder.
1: Oh yeah. Like on the scene. That's you got it.
2: That's high response. It. So shout out to y'all because I mean, yeah. what would life be if I could not get this Erica Badu? Uh what was it? Hashtag Melania, Melania Trump quotes Melania. where Melania's face was on the face of Erica Badu with the full mm-hmm. hair wrap, the bracelets, uh hair of the doobie with the tank top, whatever, looking like soul sister number one. Mm-hmm. And the caption says the quote from Melania Trump was, I was born underwater <laughs> with three dollars and yeah, six dimes. I <laughs> like I I was frozen. That uh I was I was dead to the bed, honey, dead to the bed.
1: So that killed me. So I just gonna steal somebody's speech.
2: The nerve, yeah, you know I mean, and and it's not surprising. Black women cutting edge, killing it. One of the things mm-hmm. you pointed out in our conversation earlier was that Michelle Obama was literally drugged through the mud for being herself, for being educated, for being taught
1: all type of stuff, baboon and look like a man, for being
2: strong, for being, yeah. for being hurt, for being alive. You know what I'm saying? And then the spotlight just got drugged. And so it's so interesting that the same people you'll drag, you'll steal from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you talked about, I think one of the funnier quotes or memes or whatever, or one of the tweets that was out was, you know, Donald Trump talked a big game about immigrants coming to America and stealing. But you got mm-hmm. this woman, who I think she's Russian, comes over to America and steals from the first lady and throws pieces of her speech inside of her inside of hers. And so I, I, I like... It's dumb, it's unsurprising, y'all still everything from black people. Michelle Obama is the baddest, the dopest, the coolest, uh, first lady that this country will ever have, probably. Yes. Um
1: with grace and class. You know what I'm saying?
2: Arrogance. I can't yes. even and I got my criticisms of Barack Obama, uh, but I still got love for him and he has a special place not only in this world, in this universe, but in my heart. Um and uh she does too, but I almost look at them separately. Like I don't even hold her responsible yeah. for stuff. Or her husband so I I feel like she a whole different force you know what i'm saying Man, I like feel the
1: same way i feel like if she would just be at her own will she would be out here just ruling bang,
2: <laughs> yeah i seen a video i don't know the dude name he always in videos um i see on facebook like in in, a, in his car he's like a talk show host or something like that but singing different mm-hmm. songs with different artists and he's like it's her it's michelle obama him and missy Elliott in the back seat singing get your freak on and she knows every word of the song. Like, it's jamming. What? like
1: Haven't I seen this?
2: Brad, I have to get you the video. It's Liddy. Like, she is in the car with Missy Elliott singing Get Your Freak On with this white man. And they are killing it. And I'm like, you'll never have nothing like that that I want to watch anyway. Um, Again, so bottom line, shout out to Michelle Obama. Shout out to the meme makers of the world. Uh, we need y'all. Thank you so much for being uh the first responders. Mm-hmm. Y'all always on deck. With the comedic yes. relief. Um uh I, I don't know how you do it, but I'm happy that you do. Um, Amazing.
1: Incredible. Real incredible.
2: Look, real superheroes don't wear capes, you know what I'm saying? They just make me Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. So it's Liddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's Liddy. Say like, that's well you you know a uh, the speech a speechwriter or something took the took the file for that. Yeah, what's well, it so merited she even, something? She's not even really taking the fall for that. She said saying They released a statement talking about it was an error or something like that uh, from some notes when she watched Obama's
2: speech. The letter said, I think the letter said something like when she had tried to keep in mind, they said Melania Trump basically wrote her speech by herself. Now the Mm truth comes out, this lady says, we were on the phone going back and forth and I asked for some excerpts of some speeches that she really liked. Um, and when she told her that she liked some speeches, some pieces, some excerpts from Michelle Obama's, basically they just got transplanted into her speech. Right. And so, whatever, that's cop plagiarism.
1: Exactly. Here's
2: another pivot to this story, though, G. So this letter came out what yesterday, today, something like that. Mm-hmm. Soon as the lady's name was exposed, and she was believed to be a long time like member of the Trump uh, presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. niggas start doing research this lady is not her name is not on the payroll for trump uh and what he paid and reported to the fec it's not Mm -hmm. nowhere on the list of people who was paid for anything during Mm -hmm. the month of july or june secondly they of course you know facebook being facebook i mean not facebook but social media being social media once they find out about somebody somebody's name information they going for the jugular they want to know everything about you Mm -hmm. they go google this lady's name They said her Facebook profile had just been made 15 hours prior to this coming out and that her Twitter account had just been made and didn't even have a profile picture up when her name was released. So clearly the Trump campaign was scrambling to create this person. And there's so much skepticism around this that people are not even believing that this is a real person. They're believing that Trump, listen, got them a premier fixer and they then jumped up this woman, came up with her name, put it on something, said it's my fault. Put it out there and then created an identity for her on social media, and she's not even real.
1: I ain't surprised about nothing at all. That's
2: <laughs> at all. And what made this interesting is that uh, in the same report that I read of this article, it was like Donald Trump uh, in the eighties or something like that was accused of using uh, different monikers to call in to report something or to. It was something weird where this is not the first time he's been accused of mm. like faking.
1: He's got a history of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: of showing that he's incompetent and incapable of leading anything, um, a company, people. I don't care how many millions of dollars that you make or have made. You're not. A, I don't. Your your business prowess has been built on nonsense, foolishness, uh, separatism, violence. Uh, labor abuse. Like, there's so many different issues with Donald Trump. Like, I don't care about you as an entrepreneur, a business person. I for damn sure don't want to see you as a president. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you.
1: It is going to be an interesting time. Absolutely. You know, you just, Trump and Hillary.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, (laughs) though, I don't even want to think about these fools no more. I can't even talk about Donald Trump no more, or his wife. Um, But I want to bring the conversation full circle uh, with the entertainment shop. The last thing I want to get on, um, we started off talking about Black Lives and what they mean and how we're dealing with those things. And we talked about kind of the social activism that's been happening around it. But Mm -hmm. this part of the conversation, I want to focus on the celebrities and the entertainers and the athletes have been gathering around these issues uh, in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and just recognizing the police brutality that happened. So on the ESPYs, Mm -hmm. uh, which are, you know, the uh, sports world's Oscars, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, D Wade, LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Paul mm-hmm. all got together and opened up the show with a statement uh, addressing the issues that went down. What was your take uh, on the statement that these four gentlemen got up and made?
1: Um, I thought I thought it was good. Uh, you know, I definitely don't want to criticize them for anything that they didn't do in the past, but this is the most recent thing they've done. I, I was appreciative of them getting up there on that on that stage and and talking about some real things that it's going to, it is going to take everybody, um, you know, talking about it's, it won't be convenient, it won't be easy, but you know, we got to do it. So, you know, when you go on that stage and say something like that, you know, people are going to be aware of your actions, you know, going forward, like, are you was that really genuine with what you said? So that's what I hope is genuine. But I hope that that message went to somebody, and you know, the the desired effect happened. It changed something. It changed somebody's mind, or it made somebody go when they weren't going to go. Because you you see, when Killer Mike got out and, and spoke, you know, people went into action. Yeah. So that's that's what you <clears throat> hope that keeps happening. People speak up. People go into action.
2: I mean, so, and one thing we can't I thought forget it was about. Good. Yeah, I think it was good for all of those reasons. And one thing we have to think about too is that, like, inside the ESPYS is not just a common person. It's not just like any other award show where, um, you know, just your audience. Like, it's athletes in there who are being targeted and told, like, we have a specific responsibility. I think, uh, it was who was the person? I think uh, it was Chris Paul, um, who went down the list of athletes. Uh, Billie Jean King, uh, um, Muhammad like Ali, Ash. Arthur Ashe, uh, Jim Brown, right—all yeah. these important athletes over time who were uh, part and parcel with these movements. They weren't separated from them. They weren't outside of them. They were literally on the front lines resisting the violence that was happening to them. Whether it was the LGBT community, uh, women, um, Black people, uh, wartime, right? These are these are people who were like, "This is not a thing for me. This is not what I believe right. in, and I'm not gonna do it."
1: And they were that vigilant Jiggy about brought that. them up.
2: Yeah. I, it's, like, it's a big deal.
1: They're about that action. So you're going to bring them up and, you know, let's be about that action.
2: Yeah. And and again, to tie in on what I mentioned earlier, Le- Le- LeBron James talked about the fact that it wasn't going to be convenient. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be timely. It's not going to be in line with your off time or your off season. Everybody's busy. You know what I'm saying? But there has to be some on some level, some contribution to, the uh, greater movement towards something changing, especially if these are the same people dying that you're taking money from, these are the same people dying and being shot in the streets that you want come, to come and celebrate your victories and your mm-hmm. triumphs and things like that. Then yeah, it should be a collaborative effort to put some attention on and some spotlight on some business. Oh yeah, and they also you know decry and decreed the uh, decry the idea of shooting at the police and killing the police. Like that's also not a thing, and I think that was an important part a part of their message as well,
0: mm-hmm.
2: for sure. Um. The other side um, or some other athletes, though, that have not fared as well in their uh, activism and standing up against police brutality Mm -hmm. and anti-blackness have been the players uh, of the WNBA. So you have uh, the New York Liberty, the Phoenix Mercury and the Indiana Fever, as well as I think you named another team, didn't you?
1: No, I think it
2: was just these just the, the the Liberty the Mercury, and the Fever. Mm-hmm. Um their players showed up in either all black uh black t-shirt practice tire, and uh, warm-up attire or with uh attire that uh spoke to the idea of black Lives matter. I forget the specific quotes that they had on their shirts. Uh
1: but well, Oh, well, the one in Oh, Minnesota, the Minnesota Lynx. Minnesota Lynx. Yeah, right. Um, cuz they actually wore the names of the the uh, people who were killed. Pastel. Australia. also had a dallas police shield but yet the the uh officers on duty for security walked out there. yeah so they wouldn't even they be provide security that. for the game you know so just because they the water names of of people that were killed in cold blood and as
2: you saw we didn't get no reports of people doing anything extra besides enjoying the basketball game which proves that we don't always need you there over police and stuff anyway mm-hmm. um But the teams who participated, so the Liberty, the Mercury, the Fever, and the Lynx, um, were, as a whole, fined $5,000. And every time that they do this, they'll be fined $5,000. And every player individually on these teams were fined $500. Mm -hmm. Um, I read reports since then say that there are players that don't plan on uh, changing. Uh, They plan on continuing to take those fines and participate. And so that's a promising uh, kind of news or perspective to hear. I don't know how the teams are responding to these fines. I didn't see anything like that. But $5,000 per team, $500 per per individual player. This Mm. was interesting to me. A, because shout out to these WNBA players. Um, You got Maya Moore. You have a bunch of – I don't really – I'm not as familiar with the WNBA as I would like to be. But a lot of important players holding it down and being on the front lines of that. But the article that I read pointed out something interesting – it said that uh, as opposed to the NBA and the NFL, whom uh, the NFL specifically uh, find a player for altering their warm up attire or some type of uniform to commemorate the loss of a parent, um, in a world where these two industries have players who have taken a stance. you have the LeBron James of the world who wore the I Can't Breathe t shirts and warm ups and stuff like that. These people will never find, or these players in the NFL and the NBA, will never find a dollar or a dime. But WNBA players are being targeted and forced to confront the fact that even as uh, black players who um, feed a predominantly
1: black league,
2: in a predominantly black league, that in terms of American basketball has a predominantly black audience, they are being fined and being held to the letter of ticky tacky rules and laws inside of their books or whatever. They're their rule books that nobody else, particularly men, are having to abide by. And Mm. Here's a very interesting observation because it speaks to, in some capacity, what we've noticed with a lot of these things. And that's that black women in and of themselves become the backdrops and become the cornerstones and become the doormats sometimes of a lot of these different movements. They get treated the worst. They forget they get forgotten about the worst. I think one thing that's very interesting about these issues is that when we talk about who's being targeted and affected the most is black men, but black women as a part of these movements, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, are affected in some weird and adverse ways, right? You had uh Alando, am sorry, Falando Castile's girlfriend literally have to record and watch her boyfriend be killed in traffic, being shot by a police officer who very clearly mm-hmm. didn't even know why he did what he did. Um a lot of chaos I mean you have the mothers of Trayvon Martin, of Mike Brown, of uh 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 Eric awesome, Garner right. of uh Sean Bell of uh, who's my man who got killed up in um, Fruitvale Station, right? Oscar Grant. You Oscar have all Grant. of these different individuals, mothers, sisters, parents coming together, these black women coming together saying, you're killing our people, you're killing our babies. And so whether or not they're being directly targeted by the police, whether their families are being stolen from them and their 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 husbands and their counterparts are being stolen from them and they have to become matriarchs now, or whether they're trying to be activists and stand up for what's right, they're being targeted and treated disproportionately and unfairly to even their male counterparts.
0: Yo, and,
1: that's, no, that's a that's a huge issue. Um, uh, there was some chatter of some NBA players hopefully stepping in and, and pitching in for those fines for them because that's really? like a big chunk of their salary as well. So you yeah. not only target them, you're also taking out a large chunk of their salary when like a rookie making like 40 grand a year, you know, that's, that's it. You know, that's any other job. That's so, wow. And you you finding them $500. So a player on the end of the bench that's participating in this protest is really hurting their livelihood. So, I mean, you got, like you said, you got black women out here, you know, willing to risk, you know, risk, risk their livelihoods. Out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, for, you know, for us. For the cause. Let's not forget for the, the Black Lives
2: Matter movement. Uh, was was led by black court women. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I just think all of these are are countless examples of the reasons why. I mean, this is not to just put sole focus on any individual group of people or category of people within this issue or within this problem, within this movement, but just not to remember all the moving moving pieces. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget all the moving pieces. There are people taking L's, perpetual L's, sacrifices for these movements to move forward. And oftentimes they're not. uh, Right now it's black women. You know, so shout out uh, to D-Way, LeBron, Melo, uh, CP3, all of them. But also shout out to uh, the players of the Liberty, uh, the Mercury, the Fever, and the Lynx for, for for doing business, getting getting dirty with it, getting their hands dirty and being a part uh, of these movements as celebrities, which is their responsibility mm-hmm. they need to be doing in the first place. Absolutely. Well. This has been another really successful episode of The Chop Up. We've talked a little bit about uh, the responses that have been had and been made to the Black Lives Matter movement, but we've also gotten into what's been going on in the entertainment shop. Hopefully yeah. uh, you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to check out The Chop Up Mixtape coming to you soon in the month of July. Um, word is blind. we got some awesome artists on there. we got uh, an amazing artist, Brother Shark, who was on the show this week. Um, definitely Brother jamming Shout. and killing the music. So if y'all was hanging and Ronald Wu, Make sure y'all get that contact information and check it out. Add him. And, uh, you know everything is gonna be everything. Y'all, we gonna be alright. I think, uh, Kendrick yeah. said it best.
1: Yeah, we, we, we are gonna, gonna be, be alright. All right. We gonna
2: be alright. Um, believe
1: that. Believe that.
2: Hey, love somebody. Love yourself. We gonna be cool. We got this night. It's Toy G. Alright.
1: Cam G the coolest. Peace. This
0: is chop up this is the chop up this is the chop up and no one can do it live my name is cam g the coolest Allow me to do the honor i'm with my sister toy g and she's straight out of kc moved to the west coast but still gonna keep it g we got together to give the people something that's free the chop up should come off organically cause on the mic on the phone we're gonna have these conversations anyway and make sure you chop it up with us on the social media and you can chop up any day cause you can stream us in any place and then I Say, I was Cam G the coolest. Had to reel you in if you never knew us. Straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers. And this is a recording where no one can do it. Lava. This is the chop up. This is the chop up.